You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you until 11 o'clock. Cavs Celtics game one follows us at noon, right, Jesse? Noon is when the coverage starts or 1230? Uh, noon. Noon. Okay. Noon's when the coverage starts right here on the fan after us for Cavs Celtics. We spent a lot of the first hour talking about that. So that'll be on the Les Schwab Tires podcast if you want to listen to that at a later time. Uh, but let's make uh, the quick switch over to the Western Conference Finals. That would be the Rockets and the Warriors game. One of that is tomorrow. By the way, why are we waiting four days for the series to start? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not mad at it. You know, give the give the guys. I am. Well, I just want to you know, give everybody an opportunity to rest up a little bit. Like, we haven't thought about it. This is the longest break both teams have had since the All-Star break. You know, so to be able to, to not play for a little bit. And you never think about it, but just a day to not have to practice or do any of those things. Like, some of those small little, you know, dinks, dinks to your ankle or to your shoulder or to the rib. Like, it really helps just to not have any contact for a couple days or really not do anything really super strenuous like that. So I love it because this way I think we're going to get a really good game today because you're going to have two teams that have been waiting for a couple days. Now, a team like, I don't know, maybe a team like the um, Boston might, you know, be a little different because they're younger. They probably want to get out there and just play right now, you know, but for the Cavs and for the Warriors and the Rockets, teams are a little older. Hey, man, yeah, this is I, cool. I like it, but, I mean, for that sense, I suppose, but I hate it in that they make this a hard date. Like, this is when the series will start no matter what. <laughs> and when you have four short series, you're going to have an extended break. Why not be flexible enough to move it? I think they do it more for I, – I think there's two reasons. One, for for TV networks, you kind of the, – the TV networks know exactly when the conference finals are going to start, when this these series are going to start. And two, um, it, it keeps that continuity of, okay, now we know exactly when the finals is going to start. We know when the NBA season is going to – and depending if it's a four-game series or a seven-game series, you just have these specific finalizing points where as opposed to, oh, we might end the season a week earlier because everybody swept each other than we anticipated. It just kind of goes in line with the the league itself has a specific calendar that it has set. And then at the same time, same thing with the networks so they can plan around these things, right? That'd be my guess. Mm-hmm. It, less about what you want and more about what the networks want. Look, Jesse, that's very logical and probably true. <laughs> and I don't want logic or truth. I want 
I want the I want the emotional outburst, okay? <laughs> Fanatic. Yes. <laughs> well, and also it's going to build some, you know, additional suspense. Some you know, we've been, we've been used to seeing basketball every day in the playoffs. Like if there's not a game on today, there's one on tomorrow and so on and so forth. Now for the, we haven't we haven't seen hoop for the past what four or five days. I was I started to have withdrawals. Like the first Thursday, which was, you know, the, there was no basketball. I was like, man, damn it, what am I doing right now? There's nothing to do. So, yeah, now there's some intrigue. I'm looking Yeah, that's the NBA saying, "Hey, you can watch the NHL or MLB instead of us." Dumb. And yeah, and people said, yeah, no, we're good right now. We'll, we'll wait for Sunday. And no, now nobody here. said that. People watched you, Game 7 of that and then Game 1 yesterday, and then people watched baseball. On, on this beautiful baseball. day, on this beautiful Mother's Day, I guarantee there's going to be a lot of people watching this basketball game today, for mm. sure. Probably. All right, uh, Rockets-Warriors Game 1's tomorrow. The Warriors look like they're back to being the Warriors that we expected them to be. They've rolled through the playoffs. They look really good. Everyone's healthy. Everything is great. To me, the more interesting part of this outside of the fact that we got the series we won, and I think it should be a good series, is do you truly believe that the playoff monkey is off of Chris Paul? And in some respects, James Harden's back. Um, both have had major issues in the playoffs in their career. This is Chris Paul's first ever conference finals, despite how good of a player he has been. And James Harden disappeared in last year's playoffs, completely vanished as the Rockets uh, fell out in the second round last year. Right? Uh, I think so. Um, so this year, we saw Chris Paul play great in the second round, especially in the final game of the series. And James Harden had like one or two iffy games, but also played well most of the time. Do you think it's officially over and that they're going to be playoff studs from now on? Or do you think we're going to see that old doubt creep back against the Warriors? Um, <clears throat> I think this is, I think this is more indicative of the Rockets team that we're going to see. Um, I, unlike a lot of people, um, I don't think that James Harden has melted in the playoffs. I, I think James Harden has been phenomenal, and his numbers prove that he has been great every year that he's been uh, in the playoffs. Now, mind you, you go back to um, a couple years ago, and they got bounced in, I think it was the first round. Uh, that was a, a terrible year, and even then, and that was the, the, the Blazers' year. And even even then, he averaged 27, seven, uh, seven assists, seven and a half assists, and five rebounds. And that was the ball hog, James Harden, at that point. Uh, I just think he's just ran up against teams that have just been better than him, i.e. the Warriors. He's had to face the Warriors every year with the just spare parts type of roster. You know, Dwight Howard was half of what Dwight Howard was when he played in Orlando. Uh, he just uh, – remember um, – he was the the good looking guy that made the big shot before Dame made his. I can't remember his name. Uh, Chandler Parsons, remember him? Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He the was little, supposed the little to be, layup in the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. He was supposed to be a, a big part of what the Rockets were able to do. And I guarantee nobody can tell me what team Chandler Parsons plays for right now. I can. I'm sure you can. You know, <laughs> Jesse can. But you know, people that just kind of I, I, <laughs> Jesse looked like who does yeah. he play for? Grizzlies. Remember does he play? No, because he's hurt all there the time. There you go. You know, so he don't play for the Grizzlies. Like, Remember, the Blazers the offered him a big contract, and the Grizzlies offered more. So there you go. You know, but I look at Thank a guy. God they didn't go to the Blazers. I look at a guy who's average <clears throat> ever since he's been in Houston uh, in the playoffs, 26, 26, 27, 26, 28, 28. And also, man, seven and a half assists, seven and a half, eight and a half, seven. He's done everything his team is supposed to do with really nothing around him. This is the first time he's ever played with a star since he's been in OKC. This is the very first time. This is the first time in Chris Paul's career he's ever played with the star. Jamal McClure, no thank you. David West, no thank you. DeAndre Jordan can't get his own shot. 
Blake Griffin is struggling right now in Detroit. He was supposed to be the man. Those have been his best players his entire career. This is the first time ever Chris Paul cannot bring the ball up the floor, and that's okay. That That's never, ever happened for him. Now, all of a sudden, he's shooting threes and making them. You're like, well, damn, Chris Paul can shoot. Yeah, he can shoot, but he's had to do everything for his Everybody team. on the Rockets can shoot. He's got to, he had to play all the defense for the, uh, for the Clippers and for the Hornets. He had to get all the assists for the Clippers and the Hornets. Now he's finally in a spot to where man, I, don't have to do, I don't have to do half of the stuff I used to do. I can just play basketball. That's super different for Chris Paul, and that's why I think this, team, this Rockets team is different from anyone that we've seen. Like Clint Capella, for a guy that can't get his own shot, is a beast inside, and defensively, he's a, he's a problem. You know, you know what's really interesting? That you bring up Clint Capella, it just popped into my head. It's amazing what a player like Chris Paul can do, and James Harden too, to really, really, really athletic, below-average centers. DeAndre Jordan has been a shell of himself since Chris Paul left. Can't get his own shot. He can't. So he's still, I mean, look, he's still a great defender, and he's still good at putbacks and stuff, but the Clippers had nobody who could give him the, the alley-oops like he had with Chris Paul. He just hasn't been as good. Clint Capella, who is Clint Capella? And all of a sudden, the Suns are going to offer him a max contract this offseason? By the way, if the Rockets don't match that, good luck in Phoenix, Clint. You're not going to be anywhere near as good. And hopefully Clint is smart enough to understand that. Hey, money talks, though. Max contract? And you're a guy like Clint Capella who probably wasn't going to make any money in the NBA until Chris Paul and James Harden started throwing you the ball? Yeah, so Come I'm, on now. I mean, so I look at it at, at a situation where you got two guys that are really starving for a championship. You know, and if you look at... James Harden, he's looking around, and all the guys that are his contemporaries have really walked away with a title. You know, look, KD and Steph, and you know Westbrook is just Westbrook is Westbrook. So he's a he's a solo star. You know, he's an individual star. That's that's fine. But you look at Chris Paul who's been in the league for twelve years now. Hey man, I'm ready to win, and I need to win now. He's Jason Kidd was able to, to retire with a ring. I'm good. Chris Paul needs to be able to have that ring to validate himself as one of the better point guards that's ever played. So that's all well and good. It all sounds good for the Rockets, right? You think that the that the playoff monkey's off their back for good? No. They're here? No. They're playing the Warriors, so no. So no, it's not. You think it's going to be a blowout then? Oh, no. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I just think they're playing the best team, the most unfair team that we have possibly, you know, ever seen. You know, Steph is unstoppable by himself. And I, I'm, I'm to a point now it's where I can't really stand Steph. Klay Thompson is playing the best basketball of the season. And, oh, yeah, he only averaged 20 on the entire season. Uh, Draymond Green is easily the most unlikable person probably in the NBA. You know, I, I, I can't stand him, but you can't take away what he's able to do for this team. Like, the four guys that they have on their roster are just really good. And then you start going into the other guys – the Andre Iguodala's and Sean Livingston coming off the bench and giving you big production there. Like they're a really tough team to, to beat, and they're the, they're the champions for a reason. And once KD gets to going off, like he's, it's not fair. Cause he's shooting over midgets most of the time. Like KD is six ten and shoots from the top of his head. Basically like nobody is stopping that. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. It is. It's, it's easy to even forget that Katie is on the team sometimes because when you think Warriors, I, at least for me, I still think Stephen Clay. I think Stephen Clay and Draymond, but then you remember that Katie is there and scoring forty points a game, and oh yeah, Steph's healthy and dropping down threes, and oh yeah, Clay Thompson can go unconscious every other game, and oh yeah, Draymond Green's the best defender in the NBA. You know, here we are. It's an elite team made up of elite players that has really no weaknesses outside of the bench, but everybody else is so good that it kind of makes up for it, and. 
this this will likely be a good series, but part of me thinks it's going to be a five gamer, and part of me thinks that that playoff monkey is going to come back for Chris Paul and for James Harden because they're playing the Warriors, and maybe it's not fair to say it's going to come back because well they made it this far and the Warriors can do this to literally anybody and have except for LeBron once, but I, I don't I don't trust the Rockets still. I have I have a trust issue with, with them. But. I do see. I do trust them. <clears throat> I think they are easily the second best team in the league. Unfortunately, they're going against the best team. And while the Rockets are built to shoot, they're basically built in the likeness of Golden State. You know, they want to be able to spread the floor and hit jumpers. You now, know who it, Golden State beats teams that try to run with them. They do, but the one thing the Rockets have is that pick and roll is is almost unstoppable. And now. You've got two guys that can run it, and there's almost nothing you can do about it. Like that's the that's the one advantage that the Rockets have is like, man, you have the, the pick and rolls coming from either Chris Paul or James Harden, and you know it's going to come. And they do a high pick and roll, so you have to go around or you have to stay underneath the screen. And one of them is pulling up for three. That's pretty much their entire offense. You name Steph, Clay Thompson gets worked out by James Harden. He's supposed to be the defensive stopper, and he is. He gets worked out when he plays James Harden. That's just kind of what it is, man. It's between the legs, between the legs, step back, three-pointer. That's the way it goes when he plays against Klay Thompson. As great of a defender he is, and that lets you know how good offensively Harden is. So I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a struggle. I, I, I think the Warriors win six, but I, hey man, would it shock me if Houston won? Absolutely not. As, in fact, as a matter of fact, I'm pulling for the Rockets. Go James Harden. Mm, I don't know. I'm kind of. Can I root for neither? <laughs> I mean, you can, but I, I don't really, I don't really I'm want pulling for the Rockets. Number one, I want to see somebody new. I want to see somebody else go there. So you want to see Houston versus Boston? Houston, but how, how much more inter- interesting is that than Cleveland well, uh, Warriors 4? Like, how much more interesting is it? I don't know. I think like, as much as I love seeing different teams play each other, there's also a lot of intrigue in the matchup for the fourth time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Here's these old rivals going at it again. There's a lot of intrigue for me with that, too. But you know who's going to win that one. Like, when yeah, LeBron yeah, is yeah. limping through the playoffs, and it's like, yeah, that's not interesting. But, I mean, Houston, Boston, okay. A little more. In- uh, Houston, Cleveland, uh, okay. I'd watch that. That's a little more interesting than than those two. So, that's what I'm pulling for. I want to see something new and different. I'm bored with Golden State winning every year. This text says, I texted a couple months ago, I thought Houston would win it all. I was concurring with Rashad. I changed my mind when Golden State started showing playoff ball. Yeah. The second they made the playoffs, it was like, oh, there's the Golden State we haven't seen. And the all second year. number 30 came back, it was like, okay, well, yeah, well yeah, deliver the championship back to Oakland. It's just on a silver planner. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, we'll switch gears. MLB to Portland is gaining a lot of traction. We have yet to talk about it on the show, but the more timely thing that has happened is that a rendering, one single rendering, of a potential stadium has been leaked through the Oregonian. Do you like it? If so, why? Because I don't really like it at all. But it's a stadium, so it's kind of cool. This is 1080 to the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the Fan. Beautiful Sunday morning. 
Imagine if there was a baseball team here in town. That would be nice. That had a game that started in about, oh, three hours from now, and you could go wander on over and uh, sit out and watch a three-hour baseball game of your Portland Athletics or Mavericks or whatever you want to call them. Beavers. Do you really want to be like another city's team? Like, I mean, mind you, we we know there will be expansion, but do you really want to be the Portland A's? Uh, I don't. Sure, because that means there's a team in Portland. Well, yeah, I mean, but still, I don't want to be. It's like the Oklahoma City Sonics. It just, you know, just change the name. Well, look, but I think the problem there is that there's a lot of history with Oakland or with the A's, and I don't think they want to end their history. Maybe, maybe what they could do is keep the name there, and if a team goes back to Oakland, they could then be the A's again, and then Portland would be the A's but have a different team. Um, so, yeah, we haven't talked about MLB to Portland at all. There's a lot, there's really a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that we could get to. We don't have as much time as, as I wanted to for it, but so I'm gonna I'm going to bifurcate the the earlier stuff from Emily to Portland to what is in the news right now. And that is the first rendering of a potential stadium has leaked through the Oregonian. Someone went to a, a convention or a conference at one of the potential architects who's here in town. They had that picture on the wall somewhere. They snapped it. They sent it to the Oregonian. Here's an article. Here's a picture. If you've missed it, it's all over all over the internet. It's on Twitter. It's on it's on the Oregonian's website. The the rendering is at the PPS site. If you don't know or forgot, uh, the MLB to Portland group offered in cash eighty million dollars to buy the Portland Public School site as well as build apartments for the city there, as well as buy the old Banfield Pet Hospital to make the PPS's new headquarters, which is over on 82nd and Tillamooka, I believe. Um, And they also offered to pay for future parks and development for PPS to kind of help them. It was basically like, in in my opinion, outside of maybe maybe the money wasn't exactly what PPS was looking for, the sweetest deal they could have offered. It's like, hey, here's cash. Here's a second building that you can move to so you don't have to worry about it. And we're going to help you build more parks and other things for your school system. Oh, yeah, in Portland. I, I know you're having a housing crisis. Here's a huge apartment complex we're going to build right on the side of the stadium that's going to be right there. It was the sweetest deal they could have offered. Again, we don't have a lot of time to get into all that. But this is the site the rendering is on. is on the PPS school site, which is just northwest-ish of the Moda Center, um, right along North Interstate right mm-hmm. there. It's right on Interstate. And... Um, there's kind of like that weird like grain silo that's next to the Willamette, right ne- right next to it, um, and the stadium rendering. It's kind of like it's kind of like spaceshipy, I guess. It's kind of like got this the brown rust color look that like the Barclays Center has. Um, it's totally open air. It didn't appear that there was a roof, although maybe it's a new a new um, technology for a roof because there was kind of this weird kind of like white jutting part of the stadium that had like this telecom crossing bridge look to it. If that makes any sense, it had like these wires hanging down to the stadium. Um, and it faces south. So the view would be less of the river and the city and more of maybe partly, partially the city and mostly the motor center and the Rose Quarter. Um, they said that there was like all glass around the back so you could still see the river out of the right. I don't know. I, look, it's a stadium, and that's great. And if that's the stadium that gets built, I will support the hell out of it because it's baseball in Portland. But let's let's do a little something better, huh? Let's let's have it look a little bit nicer, huh? Hey, man, I don't <laughs> give a damn what it looks like. I'll just be honest with you. For right now, I just want it to be here so I can start kicking it at Thirsty Thursday or in the beer garden for whichever game I go to. Um, 
I'm, I've worked with PPS, and so uh, I know there is a convenience factor with the PPS building being right there on interstate. Um, and the potential for a river view. Yeah. Now, the, here, here's the thing. I just want to mention this. They cannot face the stadium west because if they do, sunsets will be into the batter's eyes. Yes. The, the stadium will have to – or the field will have to face a different direction. I'm not sure if that means they can tweak it slightly northwest or slightly southwest and avoid that somehow. And you could still see the river in part of the city. I don't know. But um, that's just one thing for all those – and I was included in this – who were thinking, ah, if it just faces the river, you're going to have the next AT&T park. You're going to have the next PNC park. Uh, it's not going to be exactly like that. No. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think there are a lot of places they could put it. I, I, wonder, I worry about additional traffic, and I worry about, man, the, that area, which is already really congested in the first place. Um, now it's going to be congested at 2 o'clock even more than it actually is as far as getting on the freeway and stuff like that. I worry about that part because I drive this way. And if I'm not going to the baseball game, if you've ever left a Blazer game or if, the Blazer, or if you've ever been going up the uh, 84 on a, during a the Blazer game then or I-5, then – you understand it can be kind of crazy at times. If you're on 84, uh, coming from the numbers, man, it can be kind of crazy during Blazer game time. So I worry about that part. I think uh, a place like, um, what is it, uh, Portland Meadows? Man, there's nothing there. And no one goes to the dog track. And it's by a Mac station. It's also by the, uh, what is it, the freeway and all that stuff. Man, there's, there's multiple ways to get there. I think that would be a great idea. But I understand why they're looking at the river and looking for all those things, man. Who, what do we really use the expo center for? Get that out of here. You know, put that somewhere else, man. Seriously, if you're looking for so, so you move, want it more by Jansen Beach man, than you want it in downtown. I, I think it's one of those things that's out of the way, and especially if you put it by the Expo Center. There's a river right behind us, you know what I'm saying, that you that you could still kind of use and, and marvel at and all those old things. So, so I don't know. Sort of. I mean, the island's also right there. I mean, I it, guess I guess there's is. always gonna be issues, but in terms of the view, I think here's the thing. Yes, that's a that's a great area. There's not a lot going on. You could very easily build a stadium there. But I think from what I've heard, the MLB wants a Timbers-like experience if they're going to put a team in Portland. That means downtown, smaller, really, really buzzing atmosphere every single game, uh, or, or at least for the big games. I think that's what they want. And I don't think you get that at Portland Meadows. I don't think you get that out in the suburbs. I think you get that in a downtown stadium. Now, to me... As much as for the view, I would prefer the PPS site. I think for the environment, I'd prefer the Montgomery Park site, the one that's, that's an old ESCO building is what they're calling it, because it's right next to 23rd. Um, that area would get really built up because it's kind of still industrial factory-ish down there at the very edge of 23rd past Vaughn, which is where the stadium would be. Um, that sounds really appealing for game day experience because you could walk to all these great restaurants that are down 23rd. Um, they're going to build more restaurants and homes over there. And it, I mean, look, traffic's never going to be good for this, no matter what. But I think that in that area, it might be a little bit better than right next to the Moda Center. I don't think that matters. I don't think that part would, would matter. There's what's around the Moda Center, honestly, like as far as bars and stuff that you can kick it at. There's Spirit of 77. There's Jack's at the actual Moda Center. You could walk to Ex Novo, I guess. I mean, yeah, exactly. But like I said, it's few and far between. So yeah. I don't really think they need to put that there. I think the – I think just, but that's what I'm saying is that's why I like the other one a little yeah. more in terms of that is full day experience. Like if you're going to a game and then you could go to other places before or after depending when the game is – 
How perfect. Yeah, I think I think they might be overthinking it a little bit. I think they don't really realize how thirsty we are for an actual team to where, man, no matter where you put the stadium, we're going to go. You can put it in felony flats out in Lentz. Man, we're going to be there. It's just kind of one of those things, man. Like, everybody just wants baseball. And I'm looking at a lot of the text messages we have here, and most people are saying, man, who gives a, who gives a damn? Like, well, I just want to be in the in the building. That's Well, one business perspective is location, 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 of location. Course. And and that is very important because if it is a really big pain in the butt, people might come, and then it's a pain in the butt, and then they decide, you know what? It's a pain in the butt. I'm going to watch it on TV. So you you really do have to make it accessible for everybody. When you're looking at Portland Meadows, what is what's the accessibility for you know ten thousand people showing up in that area? It that would be a jam packed nightmare. Have you ever been over um, in that Delta Park area at yeah. at freeway? You know, at, at rush hour, three to six p.m., it is a nightmare over there with I five backed up. It's, it's a nightmare at at, at, at Motor Center. And, and you know, we were so. talking about that earlier. I mean. Um, uh, I think the best area would be down here in Southwest. Now, I don't know how you make that happen. You'd have to go buy out properties, you know, probably pay more for the property than what it's worth. But down here is where they have been doing the most buildup of the city as far as like new area expansion, expanding south. We've is there much that. more space? No, down here, that's though? the problem. If it was 10 years ago, there'd be plenty of space, but they just put up these like six new skyscrapers in the last decade. And now, you know, you're kind of like, well, I guess we stick it over here in this crappy area over here next to the Moda Center. You're, you're jamming it in there. You're two, you're, you're 10 years too late as far as finding prime real estate for this. Um, but the, but it is important because you, one, I, I, you want it to be a pretty experience when you think of like the, I, I think people love the idea of that Pittsburgh stadium because it's right there on the river, everything you can see there. You see the city uh, skyline in the background. Yeah. The, the San Francisco stadium, how everybody's out there every game with the kayaks. AT&T wait. park is amazing. It, it's a nice so, park. But you're not going to get that here in Portland if it's just jammed in a, in a corner somewhere. And that's, that's part of the problem. And at Portland, we're, we're built in this little kind of, small little valley and we don't have a lot of space. Well, now what I will say though is in a lot of the newer stadiums, um, this is not actually baseball stadiums, but think about, think about the new stadium being built in LA for the NFL, how it's not just a ballpark, not just a, a field. They have a plan to make it basically a destination for when there's not games. There's going to be a tons of restaurants. Like what, isn't it sunken into the ground? And then the top level where the sidewalks are is all these restaurants along the rim of the, of the stadium. At least that was one of the, the, the drawings I saw in the, in the, when they were discussing it, if MLB to Portland, if the stadium they build has a similar vibe, it, that's why I'm saying 23rd would be cool. Has a, even if it's at the PPS site has a similar vibe where they build up the area around it to include a destination outside of game days because let's face it once the game season's over no one goes to the moda center no one goes to the rose quarter well, because you're right what is there to do over there there's not much there's really not much to do in that area so if they build it up to increase things to do out of season then you're helping the city a with the sport but b outside of the season in the winter you're going to have people going there all the time for go going to if there's breweries that pop up or if you're building housing there, you're going to have people living there. Then great. Perfect. I think that helps. What I'm trying to say is like, you're, you're absolutely right. But uh, this city doesn't really have a whole, whole lot going except for the fact that you can go drink or go, you know, 
do something on the on the river and everything like that during the summer. Man, baseball is going to be the hot, hottest ticket in town. If you don't remember what those um, Beaver games used to go like, man, those that was the hottest ticket in town at a point, especially for a nice day in the summer. I think people won't really; they'll just want to be around that area, whether they're in the park or not, because you're trying to park in lot somewhere around there and, and get some phone numbers. That's just the that's that's the way that's going to go. This text says, "FYI, all MLB parks face due north from home plate to left field foul pole." Is that true? I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I I don't doubt him. I just don't know. But the rendering of the Portland Stadium was facing south, so that's all I'm saying. The actual field was facing south, so I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be if they were be, if they would be forced to change that. But at least from the rendering I saw, that one, that is not necessarily where it was facing. Where does Safeco face? I'm looking looking for it now on the map. Excuse me one second. Oh God. <laughs> Safeco Field faces, yep, no, north from home plate to the left field foul pole faces due north. Yeah, so maybe he's right. Maybe he's right, and that would be the incorrect See? way it's facing from the rendering. Dropping jewels on Mother's Day. Good look. I don't know. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have to start jumping around. All right, let's go to break. Because I can do this in the break better than on the air. That's a lot less awkward. I'm going to start jumping around to stadiums and see if that's actually true. <laughs> but here's Jesse with Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So I've been doing some research during the break, Googling all the stadiums that come to mind. The texture's not necessarily correct. There's a lot of stadiums that do face from home plate to left field foul pole due north, but not all. Uh, PNC Parks faces more south. The White Sox faces more south. Um, There's a bunch. I I was just literally Googling them all. Some of them face more south and have that uh, home plate to the left field foul poles facing due east, not due north, but... Um, yeah, none are facing west because you can't have that. Uh, all right. This is Hater to Love It. We didn't have a show up. Who won the week before? Did I win? Did you I win? I think I did. You won? I okay. So. so I go first then. And uh, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. All right. Uh, all right. We're, we're running a little late. Well, Shocker. Shocking. <laughs> okay. Um, NBA. The uh, Toronto Raptors just fired the uh, coach of the year. And uh, we've talked about it a couple times. Uh, Rashad brought up how he thought the Toronto Raptors were going to be the winners out of the East to represent the conference and uh, play for an NBA championship. That did not happen as they were swept in the um, conference semifinals. Love or hate, this is a theory that uh, has kind of been thrown out there. Boston and Philly look to be the future in the East. The Raptors need to shake up their roster if not blow it up altogether. <laughs> love. I love it. It's the same it's the same boat that the Blazers are in. This was something we didn't get to in the show today, but the Raptors and Blazers are way more similar than they than than they look uh in the standings. The Raptors two best players are two guards, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. After that, they have a inconsistent center named Jonas Valančiūnas. Sound familiar? Yusuf Nurkic. They have a bunch, a bunch 
of above average to average bench players who have come in and helped the team at various points during the season. None of them are good enough to push this team over the edge. They are in such a similar situation, and when they go up against the best of the best, they lose because they have two good players, or one and a half good players, with DeMar DeRozan being the one and Kyle Lowry being the half, that have enough to push good teams. And if they get locked up at all by good defensive teams, then they are completely useless. A la the Portland Trailblazers. When Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum get locked up, they are completely useless. You can either stick with it and try to keep finding better pieces that might make it work, or do it faster, try to blow it up in some some way, shape, or form, and try to reshape the team into something that'll be more successful. I think that's what the Raptors should do. Uh, I also love it. Um, the Raptors... They've shown that they're just the good little team, much like the Portland Trailblazers. I was actually going to use that comparison. You've got two guys on the team that can get a bucket, and then you've got everybody else. Jonas Valanciunas is, I think he's fraudulent. There are some games where he's absolutely dominant, and there's other games where he's nowhere to be found. But then I start looking at the other guys on this bench. Um, uh, guys like Lorenzo Brown and Danielle Wright and Serge Ibaka. These are guys that aren't really worth a whole lot a whole lot of points for you. And Serge Ibaka's gotten to a point to where he's not the same guy that he was when he was in OKC as far as changing shots, blocking shots, being that big defensive presence. More, He's turned more into a scorer, but a scorer who can't really score like that, which is super weird. Dwayne Casey had them playing some really good basketball for most of the year. Had them playing inspired basketball. But they were the one team that wasn't hurt by injuries. You look at what happened with Philadelphia. Their number one pick didn't play most of the season. Obviously, LeBron lost his entire squad throughout the season. Uh, uh, the, the, the the Celtics went through a couple of big injuries with their two best players. It, everything kind of added up to make this a great season for Toronto, and it just didn't pan out for them. Uh, Kyle Lowry is a really good player, no more than that. But if you're asking me, I would take DeMar DeRozan right now over another dude that plays for the Blazers. Nice. Hot. He's, but he's just—he's so CJ like. I'm he taking just, him. I'll he take just him. Scores. I'll take him. No, that's not true. Because at least DeRozan's going to give me, man, four assists. <laughs> CJ's going to give me two. At least it's an extra, you know. Let's not make points, this argument, points. Rashad. Come I'm on. just saying. It's the same style of player. There, and DeRozan DeRozan can, in the NBA. Demar Derozan's a great scorer, and he can play defense. No. Yeah, he he's a below defense. average defender. He's better. What is what is CJ? A below average defender. Yeah, man. Uh, and see, I'm, see, they're basically the same style of player. You don't need Demar Derozan. Oh, give me a six-seven-two guard. I'll take that. How about that? I'll take that. That's the one thing the Blazers don't have. I like that oversized two guard. I'll give you the point. Appreciate it. You guys were going back and forth. Sorry, the minute was up. I know, but <laughs> you guys were going back and forth, so you kept it going, sir. You did it. See? Yeah. Engage, not me. Yeah, I'm you said the first point. <laughs> you really, you, you really did. Okay, uh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Can I uh, protest the final score of this if I lose? Come I will. I will, I will allow that. I'll allow. All right. That. Um, well, once again, I'll, I'll say you were the antagonist. Um, this is a dictatorship. Remember that. Right. This, this is. <laughs> I get to be a dictator here. So, um, moving on. Staying with the NBA. Seattle Supersonics. John Jong-un over here. Jeez. Uh, we, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, nu- nuke him up. We're going to press the nuke button. All right. Um, Seattle Supersonics. We actually brought that up, uh, that, that name up today, um, which doesn't always happen on this show, but we're going to bring it up again. And there are only two active players remaining 
from the last Seattle Supersonics roster in Jeff Green and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know Seattle has been trying to get Key Arena up and running again or a new stadium built so they can bring hockey and the NBA back. Love or hate, the NBA will be back in Seattle before both of these guys retire. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say hate. Um, and the reason why is that it takes a long time for these kind of things to, to happen. So let's say they agree to give a team back to Seattle. They haven't done that yet, by the way. That could take another year or two. Then they have to make sure Key Arena is fully up to date and ready to go. Then they have to either move a team or create a team, which takes years. And if we know anything, these kind of things take five to seven years or more. And I, I could I could see this being a case for this is like 10 years down the road because these leagues don't move fast. There's no need necessarily for expansion. It's a nice plus, but there's no need of it. There's no teams who are going to be moving in the NBA anytime soon, so it would be a new team. It would, or I guess an, an old team made new again in the Sonics. I, I don't think it's going to happen that fast. And the same thing with baseball to Portland, too, like we were just talking about. It all It's all very exciting, but we're still like five to seven years away from anything happening. Even if the NHL was a thing with an already made arena that has a nice hockey rink in it for the Winterhawks occasionally. That would still take a long time to happen. It just takes a long time. These are big money moves. These are big money deals. There's all this politics that goes on, and we know how slow politics can move. It, 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 it's going to take a long time, so I'll, I'll say hey. Um, I don't know. How old is Katie? Uh, I'll, what I'll, is he, 30 now? 31? Oh, is he that old? Let's see. I think he's got about another seven to eight years he's left. 20, in the tank. He's twenty nine. Oh, so, oh, well, he has uh, nine. Yeah, I, 10, I, maybe. I love it then. Um, for the simple fact that uh, the the NBA has expressed interest in having a team back in Seattle. It's the only major city without an NBA franchise right now, albeit they do have the Seahawks, they do have the uh, the Mariners, but basketball is a big part of what the Northwest has always been able to do. Uh, they are, there's a great, great fan base out there in Seattle, and they've made it adamant that they will not cheer for the Blazers. <laughs> they want to be Seattle Supersonics fans. Uh, and I, Kevin Durant's only 29. I see him playing for another eight years for the simple fact that KD can shoot. And when you can shoot, you can extend your career for an extra few years. So he won't, might not be the star of a team, but he's going to be a guy that can come in the game and get you 12, 13, 14 quick points, you know, from all, all from three-point range. So I look at that saying he can extend his career. I think we'll see his team in Seattle over the next five years, maybe six years. And by that time, KD will be 34, 35. It wouldn't shock me if towards the very end of his career, he decided he wanted to retire as a Seattle Supersonic just as he came in. But I I love the fact that they will definitely get a franchise. I see it coming sometime within the next five years, right after Portland gets his baseball team. Boom. I think... Uh... I think that it can happen quicker than normal just because they can do the, we can move you into Key Arena and work on a new arena while we're playing. There's already arena. something set up yeah. already, which is which is rare. But the NBA left because Key Arena was a dump. Yes. In part. But so. if, you, if you have an arena coming, like if you have in paper, we're going to build it, we have a site, we have all, like, it's coming they would be okay playing in Key Arena for a year or two while they're building a new arena. Or playing it... Uh 
probably wouldn't play at UW, but I mean, they they could play somewhere. There's enough college, you know, campuses around there to where they could have a place to maybe they play in the Tacoma, Tacoma Dome a little bit further. But I mean, there's something they can definitely do. Uh, I think yes, another great stadium. It, I mean, but if you know something nicer is coming, hey man, I'll ride in the scraper for a minute. If I know I'm about to get the Jag or the the, the Hummer, yeah, I'll, I'll ride in the scraper for a minute. All right, let's try to do this one quick. Um, Whoa, it's already 1040. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Make it 30 seconds. Let's just do quick. 30 rapid seconds, fire. rapid fire. Dallas Cowboys will miss the playoffs this upcoming season. You know why. We have a bunch of changes in Dallas. Witten's gone. Um, uh, Bryant's did gone. Did take the TV job? Like, he did, yeah. He did, okay. yep. Monday uh, Night Football. I, I, look, I love it. It's very simple. The NFC East always beats each other up. They always finish around the 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven mark. There's usually one team that's at the top. That's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the rest of the NFC is decent right now. The Rams are really stinky good in the NFC West. You've got the Saints and the Packers and the Falcons and the Panthers, all potential teams to make the playoffs. Uh, I think the AFC, or the NFC East, excuse me, is only going to get one team in it, and it's going to be the Eagles who are going to finish in first. Uh, and then the rest of the NFC is going to fill it out. Cowboys, look, I- I'm not sure how I feel about the Cowboys after all these guys left. These guys weren't necessarily the problem, but is Dak Prescott going to be able to rebound from a poor second season? Ezekiel Elliott going to stay healthy and out of trouble? I don't know. I don't I don't like the Cowboys right now. Uh, I love they don't. Um, Cowboys are one of the worst teams in the NFC right oh. now. If you're, uh, yeah, that's right. I'm saying it. You look at everybody in the NFC West with the exception of the Seahawks, they're all going to be better. New Orleans is going to be good. The Falcons are going to be good. The Packers are going to be back. The Vikings are going to be better. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are the defending champions. They continue to retool. Dallas is the one team that's lost all their key players, and they think they're going to do the same thing. Nope, Dallas will not make the playoffs this year. Sorry, Cowboys. You're not them boys this year. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. That's a tie. Tie. Paper, rock, scissors. I'll allow it, or or we can just uh, you you we can just defer do a the point. Segment. <laughs> you yeah, can do a shared segment. Point. I like it. Uh, all right, all right. Our first ever. But we play my song when we come back, right? No. What? <sighs> Let's talk about. It. We'll talk about. It. All right. That's next here on the fan. <laughs> Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know. All right, well, two minutes. We're gonna share the segment because we tied and we didn't have enough time to break the tie. I blame Dictator Jesse for giving Rashad a point outside the allotted time zone. Time zone? But I mean, you did engage, so it's like. You were the one that you said something, and I had to say something back. You, I mean, you were the one that that wouldn't drop it. <laughs> Look at Lynch's face. He's, he's, <laughs> he's can't believe that he's being attacked like this right now. There's no attack. We're so friendly on this show. This is so abnormal. I'm not being attacked. We are really friendly to I'm each just, other. I'm just. I feel hurt. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm hurt. Well, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> you know. So it's all good, man. Uh. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my mom today. Um, I was going to call her and embarrass her a little bit, but we'll figure we'll do that. We literally have like another a day. Yeah, so she, it's, it's going to take her a minute and a half to answer the phone. Right, you called her before and she was still sleeping. She so. was super sleep, so she was probably lit last night. Yeah. More than uh, likely. I'll call 
call my mom on the way home from work here. My mom's see like, what they're out, see what they're gonna do if they're gonna do anything crazy. They've been traveling all over the place. My dad with his new job is just traveling like crazy, and my mom, Lynch, and my mom man. is going with her, with him a lot. So that's what's up. Get they went to, to Mexico out City. They went to Germany. They went. They're going to Vegas. All these things. Ain't no kids in the house. Let's let's pop it. Since exactly. you left, they're like, man, Lynch is gone. Good. Let's go out there and have some fun. <laughs> no, nah, so I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna probably take my mom to dinner somewhere. Okay. Maybe Golden Corral. You are in love. Well, I mean, this I'm, might have to be a topic for next week's show. Apparently, there's a Golden Corral that opened up in, it's in Vancouver. The, it's in Vancouver. For those who don't know, that is the. Like basically, like the the chain buffet. One there's a there's a few of them that exist in the country. But that's one of the big like chain buffets. A lot of people like make old people jokes about it because there's a, a good like early bird special. A lot of old people eat there. It opened up and Rashad like I went there and I was like, okay, how was it? And he was like, bro, bro, this thing was amazing. I was listen, listen. They were so nice to me and I've, they gave me so <laughs> much food. I frequent it at at tons of buffet. You know, I lived in Vegas for a long time, and so a buffet. You know, those are a dime a dozen. I nice need a buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffet, so it's, it's rare to find a really good one. So trust me, if I say a buffet is good, man, the, the Rio and in Las Vegas, they have a great Mile seafood buffet. buffet. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. But this, this Golden Corral, this hey man, TGI listen, McScratchy. Listen, hey, the, there was a pr the prime rib was looked perfect, man. The steaks that they got off the grill were absolutely perfect. The fish was good. The chicken, the chicken was good. Who knew? Yeah, like, I mean, never good. it's it's really not, man. And so, man, they they I'm a believer. And if you see me out there today, holler at your boy. All right, well, maybe he'll be at Golden Corral. Maybe. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Talk Love to you, you literally three minutes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great, warm Sunday out there with your moms. Or if not, then just enjoy it hanging out. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we should be here for the foreseeable future. I think I'll be out Memorial Day weekend. I think I'm going to the river tomorrow. All right. Meet me as Sandy. He needs to buy a boat. <laughs> Immediately. Steal one. All right. Have a good Sunday, everybody. We'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.